0: Greetings, welcome to Recruitment in the Modern World. My name is Anthony Haynes. I'm communications director for F.J. Wilson Talent Services. F.J. Wilson is a recruitment and talent company. We specialize in professional roles at middle to senior level uh, and we provide services in terms of recruitment, talent development and coaching. Now, this podcast, as the name implies, tends to focus on recruitment specific topics. So we've published episodes, on such things as how to onboard staff, for example, or how to write a person specification for a a vacancy. But occasionally we also range more widely and we cover topics which are of interest not only to recruitment businesses, but to businesses and organisations more generally. And today's episode falls into that latter category. It's not recruitment specific. And it's the second episode of a mini-series of three. We're publishing a mini-series of episodes that all deal with the topic of time management. Now in the previous episode I distinguished between two approaches time management and I called them for the sake of convenience if not entirely precisely I called them the bottom-up approach and the top-down approach and the previous episode dealt with the bottom-up approach today I'm going to focus on what I'm calling the top-down approach and to help me do that, I'm going to use a resource which I think is excellent and has certainly made a big contribution to my own use of time and my own productivity. It's a book. It's called 4,000 Weeks. The subtitle is Time and How to Use It. And the author is Oliver Berkerman. And it's published by The Bodley Head. I won't try and characterise the entire Discussion of Berkman's entire discussion in 4,000 weeks because the book is 250-old pages long, it's actually quite dense, there's an awful lot in it. When I read it, I read it once and then I sat down and read it again because there was so much in it. I needed a bit of time to kind of take it all in and and mull it over. And it would be a very long podcast episode if I tried to work through all of the content. So what I'm going to do pragmatically is just focus on the aspects of this resource that I found really valuable in terms of the contribution to my own work and my own life. I think the first main point is that Berkman is obviously very familiar with the conventional types of time management advice. I think the kind of advice I summarised in the previous episode, the advice provided by Ed Bliss in his book Getting Things Done, falls into this category. So Ber- Berkman's very familiar with the kind of tips and the hacks for getting more done in the time and taking a task and get it done more quickly. But he's rather circumspect about the value of those approaches, because what he says is there's no end to it. You set out with this feeling of if I can just become more efficient and actually, you know, learn a few hacks and refine my techniques, then I can crash through things and I can get things done and I can get on top of things. And Berkman says, well, this is really a kind of false promise. I mean, it's very alluring. We'd all love to get uh, get that feeling of standing on top of a mountain. But he says this is actually a kind of unhelpfully seductive idea because he says, actually, you never will be on top of it all. Uh, there is no end to it. And in particular, he says, well, if you refine your time management skills, so you get through things more quickly, what happens? It isn't you get things through more quickly. And you think, oh, it's all done. What happens is you get things through, through more quickly. And lo and behold, here's another set of tasks and activities and responsibilities coming your way. So now you've got to crash on and deal with them as well. And when you've dealt with them, there's going to be a queue of other ones coming up the road behind them. So you're just on a, on, on a treadmill. So I think that's the first main point I take from Oliver Berkman's point, which is just kind of be honest with yourself, just be a re- realistic. Uh, if the stream of things coming your way is never ending, there's never going to be a time when you're on top of it. So what grows out of that, I think, is a sense of Berkman's view, which is based very much on, I think, a conception of what human beings are. I think he's got a heightened awareness of the fact that human beings are limited He talks about facing the finitude of your existence. You're not all-powerful. Humans are not gods. So there is a limit to what they can do. And for Berkman, there's almost a sort of spiritual awareness in facing up to the fact that there's only so much that you can achieve. And by implication, there are things that you're not going to achieve. And if this makes the book sound ontological, almost spiritual, I think that's true. I think it's accurate. I mean, there is, in the uh, Berkman's discussion, it, it's like a bridge between the sort of very, you know, uh, technocratic, pragmatic, here's some things you can do to improve time management at work. There's that kind of literature on the one hand. And on the other hand, it's more of a sort of uh, religious and philosophical and spiritual literature. And this book does actually kind of Establish a kind of dialogue between those two things. So Berkman's first main point, so far as I see it, is that you have to accept that you're limited. You're not going to get everything done. You have to accept your finitude. And then I think what I take as the second point is the implication from that, which is there's going to be a lot that you do not manage to get done. And it would be better to decide what those things are going to be rather than just do it by default by sort of running out of steam at a certain point. So Berkman is very strong on this idea of decide what you're not going to do. And this is clearly reflected in the language of the book. So he talks about such things as becoming a better procrastinator. Well, that's not a kind of phrase you normally hear in time management literature. As, as I mentioned in a previous episode when I was discussing Ed Bliss's approach, I mean, Ed Bliss has a section on how to avoid procrastination. Well, that's the standard time management approach to procrastination, isn't it? But Berkerman has a section called becoming a better Procrastinator, and that's one of the things I like about the book. Incidentally, it is quite iconic, classic. It does kind of wake you up a bit by saying these rather unexpected things, like how to become a better procrastinator. Another example of that kind of language is perhaps my favourite. I think it's a subheading in one of the chapters. He says, "Decide what to fail at." Well, I think that's extremely insightful. Actually, we don't we don't want to think about failing at anything, but really you cannot do everything. And therefore, almost by definition, you're going to fail at some things. And Berkman's message is, well, you better accept that. You better grasp that nettle. And if you're going to fail at things, isn't it better if you fail at the things that you plan to fail at rather than the things that you were actually planning to succeed at? I had an image in my head several times while I was reading Berkman's book of a photographic negative. You know, in a negative how all the dark bits of the photograph become light and all the light bits of the photograph become dark. And my experience of reading the Oliver and Berkman book was it it started to kind of look look at life like that, or certainly the time management aspects. In other words, no longer thinking, well, what am I going to do? and What am I going to do better? And how am I going to do those things faster? Instead, I was looking at the sort of, as you like, the negative image of, well, what am I not going to do? What am I going to leave out? And I found it actually really refreshing and really helpful. So that is my characterization, with acknowledgement or perhaps apologies to Oliver Berkman. Uh, that's my characterization of what I'm calling the top-down, or if you like, a more strategic approach to time management. What I'll do in the next, the final episode of this mini-series is try and sort of synthesize the two approaches. But I hope what we've discussed today, the top-down approach to time management, is useful to think about in its own right. But I look forward to welcoming you, I hope, to the third episode in due course. This episode was produced by Dr. Bart Hallmark. Music is by Harry Chambers, and this podcast is published by F.J. Wilson Talent Services. If you'd like to contact us about the services we provide, as I said earlier, we provide recruitment services, talent development services, and also coaching, you're welcome to do so. And we're very easy to find. Our website is fjwilson.com. That's F.J. Wilson, all one word. Dot com. do please get in touch we'd love to talk to you thank you for listening bye for now I hope you join us in the next episode